I V M. Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I am Ashton Doctor, your Habit Coach, and today I'm going to be doing one of the toughest things a podcaster has to do, which is interview another podcaster, because it is so easy for both of us to start taking control of the entire conversation and going ahead with it. Today's podcast is about happiness. Okay, so we have Varun Dugirara with us, and we are going to talk about his journey of understanding happiness and this current trip that he's on on mental fitness. So very exciting, Varun. Welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's um, I'm happy to talk about happiness. How do how else do I put it? <laughs> Varun, tell us a little bit about yourself. How do you get into podcasting? What is it that you're doing right now? So I'll do a quick flashback. I've done this long-winded route to come to Bombay and and do what I do now. Um, Grew up in a small town, coastal Andhra Pradesh. Um, half my family are engineers, half of them are doctors. I decided to go the engineer route and um, oh regre- regretted that. Um, <laughs> I think every engineer does that. Tried, uh, eventually finished a four-year degree over six years. Uh, did lots of like random odd things in between, including working in call centers, being like a promoter for a liquor brand, did all that stuff. Um, ended up in media school. Promoter for a liquor brand. Yeah, I sold um, Jack Daniel whiskey um, in bars in Bangalore. Great job. They what paid fun. me so well. Imagine you're in college, final mm. year of college. You mm. get paid thousand bucks an hour for three hours of work a day in a bar. In a bar. What else do you need? And no targets. Literally, go to someone say, I give you two dice. You get a three, four, or a seven. You win something. Fantastic. But only thing is, you have to order one Jack Daniel. Huh. All the gifts were cheaper than <laughs> the <laughs> actual drink of Jack Daniels, but. People still bought it. And, and as uh, the night progressed, yeah. business became better. Yeah. And the thing is, you once you finish those three hours, you could literally just go change and come back in because you knew the bouncer, you knew the bartender, you knew everybody there. <laughs> You'd get stuff for like cheaper or free. Best job. I did it for like, I think a good three to six months uh, towards the end of college. I would say the, the least pressure I've ever felt in a job was that job. <laughs> Love it. Okay. So then. So yeah, so I ended up in Pune studying filmmaking. And started off working at MTV and Channel V, did reality TV, did a bunch of that stuff. Um, eventually started my own company um, called The Glitch back in 2009. Um, me and my best friend from film school, Rohit, we, we started that off as a two-person thing out of an apartment. Grew that over the last like 14 years uh, into in one of India's largest creative agencies. We got acquired in 2018, so that kind of helped a lot of stuff in life. And around that time, I started hosting a podcast called Advertising is Dead. And um, it's been... Four years now since the show has been going on. Have you always wanted to do podcasting? No, I actually never saw myself as someone behind a mic. Hmm. I did try to be someone in front of the camera. Uh, all honesty, I have done random ads. Um, I have been on, uh, I've been that background person when Cyrus is hosting something. You know, that those extra intern jobs you get at MTV where you are that one guy holding a beach ball in the background for no apparent reason. You didn't take part in any reality show. He's shows. actually, I've shot stuff with Cyrus where... Um, Cyrus is in a bar and I'm a random guy on the table behind him in a bar and um, um, did none of the reality shows but I shot a bunch of that stuff Okay. Um, but uh, I always thought my voice didn't have like a audio thing to it isn't it the scariest thing when you come and listen to your voice yeah and I'm like this sounds different yeah Yeah, because um, I was always A I mumbled a lot Hmm. I speak really quickly so people wouldn't understand what I was saying Um, so it took me some time to kind of calibrate that part of it out but um this kind of happened as a coincidence. I came literally to IBM uh, to be a guest on a, on the pilot of another show uh, called the Filter Coffee Podcast. Okay. Um, and I spoke to Amit and Kavita and then I ended up coming on Simplified as a guest. 
and they just said, do you want to host a podcast? And I said, okay, what could it be about? And I'd been in this whole advertising industry without being from the advertising industry. So I said, I can talk about how it's like, I mean, how things are really changing in that space. So it went from just advertising and marketing now to business and startups and everything else uh, over the last like four years. And then somewhere around, I also started hosting another podcast for IBM called Think Fast, which is again on business. But I'd say the last three years for me has also been about really discovering the other side of my interest, right? which is really like, it started off with my interest in fitness. I've generally been passionate about fitness for the last four or five years, have been longer, but I think the true passion has been the last three, four years. Um, and that kind of moved me towards just like the mind as well. So you're physically fit, how can you be mentally fit as well? And then went on multiple rabbit holes, which is my favorite thing to do. And then now it's become like, I think the biggest passion point in my life is to really focus on understanding mental fitness as a topic and kind of doing more and more about it. I just started doing a course out of Harvard on happiness, which for me has been like mind-blowing that first of all, there is a course on happiness. Yeah, brilliant. And I realized that there were multiple institutes across the world and specialists um, who specialize on happiness, right? Um, no uh, prizes for guessing that the World Happiness Institute is in Copenhagen. Mm. Uh, <laughs> like world's happiest place. So um, that is obviously like a no-brainer. But um, it's really been interesting understanding stuff in this space, um, social sciences, um, stuff like this. But I think I'm, I'm in like day zero, but um, there's so much to learn. Where did this change suddenly take place? Was there like a pivotal moment? Did, did you suddenly have a epiphany during the lockdown? This is around the lockdown, right? Yeah, like yeah. That, that mental fitness and all of that yeah. took over. So I said tw till 2019, I was pretty much on the standard corporate path, right? You know, you, you know, you built and sold a company, you're in a larger ecosystem, Spent about a good four years with WPP, you know, uh, by then about three, four years in. And I kind of was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do in life. But, and I'd had a, you know, I have a daughter, like great marriage, all of that stuff is sorted. Right? But at some point from a professional standpoint, I always kept looking for more things to do. Uh, the podcast was a great way for me to kind of channel that out, right? So um, that became it. But I always would try to find ways to talk about stuff which have always interested me, right? So it started off with like, can I, can I do more about music, uh, more about pop culture? But my music and pop culture stuff are never about the actual uh, end product, although I enjoy those as well. It's about how that kind of came to be, right? If you talk to artists and how they come up with things and how, how their process works, there's so much in the mind. yeah, uh, And there's so much in that entire, like, I'd say following the breadcrumbs of curiosity, so it started off with that. And I think, you know, just to mm. build on that, that people don't re realize that creativity is actually a system. Yeah. Right? They, they think that creativity is just like a spark will suddenly happen. No, they actually have systems in in the way that yeah. they get creative. My, one, of, one of my favorite examples of a system, because you mentioned that, is um, so Quentin Tarantino was on the Joe Rogan podcast, mm. right? One of my favorite episodes in recent times, because also Quentin can talk and he's got he's all got so many stories. He's so, got so many, many stories. stories. So he spoke about how he shifted his daily schedule. Um, he said he used to always be that guy who would go to a bar in the evening. He would sleep in every, uh, through the morning, wake up by late afternoon, go to a bar in the evening, start writing in the bar till early in the morning, come back home and crash. Wow. But as he got married and he was, you know, they think of having a kid, all that stuff. He said, I want to be awake when the world is. So hmm. he decided to shift that around. And I love his schedule. I think... If I have to ever say that, if there's a schedule I want to kind of like come to in life, it's that. He wakes up in the morning, not too early, like I think 10, 11 is when he wakes up, 10-ish. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and he gets into write by about noon. Mm -hmm. He writes till about 5 mm -hmm. and gets out. Um, he has a, a float uh, on his pool in his house. He's lying there. He runs through. He kind of thinks about everything he wrote that day. 
and by later in the evening goes for dinner comes back home and sleeps and he says that he as he said he's been so much more for lack of a better term productive and a lot more in tune with the world around him because of this shift than he was when he was doing that because he always assumed right an artist is going to be drunk in the bar at Correct. night exactly. going for long walks he's like no this system of like lying in the pool after my writing let me like kind of soak in everything which i've written yeah i thought that's damn curious it's that active thinking and the passive thinking yeah. time you know that why all our best ideas come from the toilet you yeah. know like when we sitting toilet, having a bath shower, shower washing dishes washing dishes washing dishes is an interesting one yeah it's it's that whole like so this is something which i i, I remember reading right is that it's the whole prefrontal cortex piece so when you are not focusing your mind on what you have to do and trying to put control over there you are you opening up your subconscious to think so you know how to wash dishes it's a cyclical it's a mundane thing right you going it's like why they say people should go for a walk when you want to come up with ideas hmm. your body doesn't need to control you as much or doesn't need you direction as much to do what you have to do because it's all it's all like muscle memory you can do that stuff and that's when you kind of open up and ideas kind of pop out so you need to find your like i love washing dishes um, i find washing dishes from a cleaning point of view hmm. like mentally cleaning point ah. of view so i'm saying ah my sins are being washed away <laughs> like <laughs> i don't give me jadu give me dishes i'm always happy <laughs> yeah don't give me jadu oh my god no but jadu will be perfect for your physical fitness also na you can do no. like abs ah. crunches i had i had friends who were trying to do like squat jadu hmm. early pandemic and they thought it's a cool workout hmm. the cool workout thought for them lasted 2 days. days and exactly. then they were like let's get that what is everybody got the rumba or whatever that thing they could get those are brilliant yeah hmm. I, I, I named Basanti. Uh, mine's Ramlal. Ram. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually got close her. enough. Close enough. <laughs> so Basanti comes home and we call her Basanti, and mm. then the person who's the house help looks in. But Basanti, my daughter's name is. Like, oh, Basanti can't be there. Too cute. Yep. So, so during the pandemic, you yeah. were going through this, and I kept. So I've realized that I learn a lot through listening. Um, and i feel one of the first sparks was um i was just trying to find stuff to i was doing this podcast called useless information which was a early pandemic how many podcasts are you doing too many uh, so useless has been like how you keep track of it you have an excel sheet no no i, I, I as of today do three podcasts okay. uh, a week one called take a pause which i do entirely as a passion project on my end and the other two which are like your business ones with uh, with ibm and um, useless was a early pandemic experiment where i'm like i'm sitting at home i can't just talk about business hmm. so i just pinged like eight people and i said i just want to like i'll call you on zoom we'll talk for an hour about stuff which you don't get a chance to talk about so um rohan kind of came on joshi and he and i spoke about like we both love movie soundtracks so movie soundtracks that side of pop culture for hmm. about an hour uh, saurabhan came on spoke about cricket because he's passionate about cricket you don't know that much uh, that part of him gaurav kapoor spoke about paparazzi um jose came in and spoke about the things jose speaks about which is a lot of random things and pooja dingra came on and spoke about her yearly challenges and stuff so it was just a fun thing to do but at some point work start picking up again after the first two months and then i'm like okay i can't do this winding guess and doing because i was editing it also myself i was trying to do this whole process of editing a podcast which i no longer do thank god so then let me just put bite sized things i'm learning so i just i started doing this short episodes of stuff i'm learning and that just became the flow that eventually became the podcast that is take a pause and and i realized that the things that interested me were things that were connected to the mind hmm. so i think one of my earliest ones that really sparked interest was something on this concept of work right is that how human beings learn um if you go to school you traditionally always get a book right uh, but work basically says that human beings can learn as visual audio um reading case kinesthetic so you need to kind of feel it to you learn that's it yeah uh, and we're all like a balance of all four but in school you taught with a book hmm. 
It started off with me trying to understand creativity mm-hmm. because I never considered myself a creative person till I was 36 uh, and I'm almost 40. So the last four years has been like, wait a second, I can actually be creative. Because I always thought I was a bit of like a half fraud with creativity because you know all my creative ideas were reference based. Mm-hmm. Like I'd have references for everything, even like early days of my career. We're going to take a quick break. See you on the other side. Welcome back. All right, let's jump into the conversation. Just steal like an artist. Yeah. Hmm. And that's one of the first books I read. I'm like, okay, one second. <laughs> I can be. Maybe this is my my form of creativity, right? Um, so creativity then let me... So I did the standard Austin Kleon and Elizabeth Gilbert has a great book called uh, Big Magic and, and a few others. And then I came across this person called Rich Roll. Hmm. And Rich Roll, I think in many ways, kind of changed how I looked at performing um, from a fitness and a mental standpoint. He has a super interesting story. Um, the guy was on route to being on the Olympic swimming team for the US at one point of time. Like almost like probables. Gets to college, discovers alcohol, becomes a raging alcoholic, screws up his entire sports career, goes to rehab, stops drinking, becomes a lawyer in the in the LA entertainment space. But he supplements alcohol with food. Mm-hmm. So really unhealthy eating habits, right? Like your beef burgers every day, all that stuff. Gets married, has a happy marriage at 40 He walks up the stairs and almost like feels like he's going to get a heart attack hmm. at 40. And only because of his health. And decides to say, okay, I will go extreme. Becomes plant-based. Starts cycling and running every day. And goes the other extreme and says, I want to run an ultra marathon. Because Iron Man was packed. Hmm. You didn't get like, you have to find those slots, right? You have to book it pre. Correct. Ultra Man, nobody books uh, beforehand. Who so, wants to run 100 kilometers? Yeah. <laughs> and they were running, swimming and cycling, right? It's ultra is, oh, everything. Everything. Oh, it's not ultra marathon. It's ultra no, Iron Man. It's, it's called an ultra man, which is basically more hardcore than an Iron Man. Nonsense. My yeah. God. People. And it only happens uh, from, at least from his book, happens in Hawaii. Hmm. And it's not like it's a publicly shown thing. It's, it just happens. Like you can do whatever you want. Hmm. So he does an ultra man at 41. um finishes it at 42 or 43 he decides to do five ultra marathons uh, back to back wow ultramans so he and another guy tried to one day five days five ultra uh, mans eventually finished i think in six to seven days because the travel from island to island took them longer so his book was entirely on that mm. like his a his journey mm. and this and eventually landed up to him starting a podcast called the rich roll podcast mm. where he's been doing this i think for like hundreds and hundreds of episodes but his conversations aren't just with athletes um but they also people who are talking about the mind and most of the conversations with athletes are about their mindset it's not about the physicality because physicality is a part of it correct but really the athlete's mindset is super fascinating cuz you're pushing your body to the limit mm-hmm. and you can only do that if your mind's in a certain place right that is where it's and one. that way my like like bulb went off yeah and i'm like i always want to be this fit person and i'd parallelly had this incident uh about 5 years ago when my daughter was born when i was reasonably more buff than i am now because i always like you know, i want to be gym bro so you know get muscles and all that stuff but get tired carrying a baby around because hmm. arms <laughs> start getting tired because your arms were only aesthetic they were not hmm. functional and your arms are so heavy in any case <laughs> yeah and my wife pooja was like 
what is the point of these like biceps you're building? You can't even carry like a newborn, like literally three month old baby. So, and my switch towards functional fitness happened around the time this whole stuff had started as well. And um, so I said, come on, say, these things align. So pushing myself physically became a thing. Learning about my mind became another thing. And they've all kind of converged into what I'm most passionate about today, which is all this stuff. You're not getting into marathon running. I I have hated running for a long time. Only in the last eight months since I uh, changed coaches, have I actually started to enjoy running. Like I was in London a couple of months ago and on my last morning, and I, and I went for a few runs because my wife Pooja loves to run. She, she was, and we were, we were, we found this place outskirts of London in the, in the countryside and she would go run every day and I ran with her once or twice. But on the last morning, I woke up and everyone's sleeping because I woke up like 6 a.m. I'm like, go try run. And we were very close to Hyde Park. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to do this thing once. It's one of those things you want to do. Yeah, yeah, run in Hyde Park. I ran eight kilometers without breaking a sweat. Also, the weather was amazing. But I enjoyed myself. Because, you know, running and I could see like, there were swans and geese waking up. And there was like one random drunk uncle who spoke to me while I was uh, going. Um, but there was so much that happened. But eight kilometers and I enjoyed it. And so now it's become like, okay, I'm, I'm enjoying this. I want to figure how much more of this I can do. Because one thing which I learned over the last year was that as long as I focus on running better, lifting better and jumping better, that's all the physical movements you need to focus on. You're not getting into like, I'm not doing aesthetic work. I'm doing more functional in that sense. So yeah, I enjoy running as well. But I don't know if I'll do a marathon. I might. I'm not going to say no to anything right now. Okay, fine. Fair. No, I was about to say like we've lost another one to this whole marathon craze and like yeah. no 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 I, I I don't think I want to just do a marathon I would like would I do an Ironman I would I, in my head I'm thinking about it huh. I'm terrible I'm, I'm not the best swimmer I've I've been swimming for a long time but I just get like I my, my but you don't mind those hours of practice and stuff like that um, for me it's just that that much amount of quantum of training mm. the m- amount of training that will happen for that like I would much rather do other things in my life than if I could and if I push myself, I would actually do a lot more CrossFit. Yeah. And if you look at CrossFit, it's also it's also, also involves running. So I won't just do a marathon. I think that, that what you mean is the monotony of the it. Monotony right? of I it. enjoy running as almost a meditative process. For me, that weekly run which I do um, midweek every week, um, that's like just like So you've reached that stage where it is meditative and it's a zone it out and, and stuff like that. So how is all of this now jumping into the mental fitness part? So then what did what steps did you take for the mental fitness aspect? So in, I kind of broke it down uh, the way I see it and I'm continuing to learn about it is that for you to be mentally fit, you're looking for a few things. Um, you're trying to figure a way to have a lot more clarity in your mind. Right? How do you focus better? All that stuff. Um, you're trying to figure how you can perform better in life. So, um, And performance goes in multiple directions. You know, It talks about balance. It talks about all that stuff. And while motivation is a very overused term, I feel in many ways what you're trying to really figure out is what do I kind of want to direct my energies towards? Because oftentimes what we feel in our heads is that, okay, like if you don't want to do something, you want to stay static, right? Or I'm overthinking something or you're like, or trying to come up with the reasons why you don't want to do it is because you lack motivation to do it. So instead of saying, why do I like the motivation? What you should ask yourself is what is wrong with the thing you're going to do that is making you, I think we often, we go after the emotion. Yeah. We don't necessarily go after what is triggering the emotion. Um, we self-flagellate. We, yeah. we say it's our fault. Yeah. It's not about the other thing. And I feel there is so much in this space. And I I don't know. I think it's been the last few years. But people are also a lot more interested with it. There are also people sharing stuff about it. Like I had this fascinating conversation. Um, this author called Meredith Arthur. 
Meredith works at Pinterest and she wrote a book called Get Out of My Head. It's a book for overthinkers. And so I took a piece from a book and I I'd shared it on Twitter and I said, and tagged her and said it really resonated with me and she she liked it and she messaged me saying thanks for sharing something from my book and I jumped at it and said do you want to come on a podcast? Nice. She said let's do it this week. So we we had a chat and while talking to her she said something very interesting. She said if we all have things in our mind right? we we are either an overthinker or um, you might call yourself a procrastinator you call yourself many things the labels that we put on the more you find people like you you find your tribe uh, and she said you're like my people she said when you message me i knew you were one of my people and so if you look at it in that sense if we all feel it you're not like the only person feeling this right and that is the whole thing and the more i think back on why i went down this journey i feel there is a lot of professional success you get as you go through the regular routes of things and i've thankfully gotten a reasonable amount of it before my 40s right i'm like is that going to deeply satisfy me as a human being maybe not i'm very happy and have the privilege of having financial sorted and families in a great place all that stuff but as an individual no amount of professional success can drive almost like mental clarity and you know just like happiness and that's where this whole thing kind of like blew up in my mind i think 2020 and 21 were years where i spent a lot of time a doing this but also like working with professionals right i worked with um, i still do work with a professional coach i i do therapy thankfully as my therapist tells it is as soss hmm. so i do it in like okay i really need this next one month i'll do weekly then i'll phase it to like one twice a, a month and eventually once a month and then eventually not even doing it but that's actually really helped because talking to people who are experts is so important because you will get a lot of this is how you stay motivated in this world which is the i think one of the bigger problems it's very surface level hmm. but you go deeper and you understand what triggers these emotions in us either that emotions aren't bad not something to be suppressed there's so much more you can learn absolutely you know if i had to rename this podcast i'd probably call it motivation is dead so like <laughs> yeah. so the because it's a it's unfortunate that right? motivation is such an important thing but we've made it a catchphrase yeah it's like she's the chief uh, trainer at peloton hmm. um can't recall her name right now and she had a master class on the on the master class platform and she said that hustle isn't bad hmm. the problem with hustle is that we take the wrong things from it so we say hustle culture correct doesn't mean you work 7 days a week 24 hours a day it means that hustle is jugaad we forgotten that hustle is jugaad jugaad also means i'm figuring a way to sleep every night properly and still get all my stuff done done it's not this if i mean go hard go home kill it every day i i wish there were 27 hours in a day no Correct. yeah 24 i like that hustle is jugaad technically yeah, it is it I is hustle that is the exact definition yeah and i'm like <laughs> why are we suddenly making this and we are all guilty right like i was guilty of this i remember my my early internships at mtv i would be in the office for 10 15 days and suddenly somebody would come saying once my wife still wearing the same or like no no not same clothes i had a cabinet and, and there was a shower there so thankfully i was clean um saying have you not gone home I'm like no saying go home now don't come back for 3 days so thankfully i had people like that around Correct. me um but we're all done that right work till 2 3 4 am yeah, yeah. but you realize how much sleep can really help you perform better yeah. um like i don't drink caffeine after 4 pm Although I've been told it should be two p.m., but that's too much. Mm. Um, no, four is fine. Yeah, no, six hours. No, yeah, because then you look, I can sleep properly. Mm. Don't look at screens before I go to bed. As soon as I wake up, most days I succumb to it very often. Just because you want your mind to kind of 
have a cool down and a warm up again like very very like physical fitness analogies but they're exactly what your mind needs your mind needs the same thing so yeah. i've been experimenting with all these things on myself like on the other end i'm like plant protein versus whey protein on the other side i'm like okay sleep and all that stuff um but like have you been focusing on supplements for the brain supplements for the mind nootropics and have you been looking into that kind of stuff as well i haven't fully gone into that space because i'm still a little iffy about what i also come from like family of doctors hmm. i've always been told to question all forms of science till a actual practitioner tells me hmm. to i think that's like ingrained in my head yeah, but doctors will never know about this they will because yeah. it's not my about even a long slap from far away um <laughs> thappad. but thappad will come um because he in his words don't go listen to dr google is what my dad says hmm. all the time um but trying to see if ashwagandha really helps hmm. i don't know if it does hmm. i've tried it i still have an ashwagandha tab in the morning i'm guessing it helps other things as well so yeah, i do yeah. that it'll be for sleep and i've also stress. had friends tell me who are doctors saying you know that there's literally um expensive pio generating hmm. <laughs> those are mainly multivitamins but yeah. like you need to focus on the stuff that is really like charging your brain like yeah. brahmi for example is damn mm. good yeah um all your fish oils are fantastic yeah. lion's mane mushroom so fish oil is great for the joint right so i've always had like a knee thing cuz i have this very weird leg structure mm. where my knees are um, hyper flexible so they actually bend backwards ouch, ouch, ouch. so i have to be careful about that especially with doing squats and all that stuff and i have flat feet mm. so my knee joints have always had like slight issues mm. So doing hamstring training and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, I do all of that, and mm. the fish oil has really helped. Mm. The fish oil has really helped that entire knee part to kind nice. of have that piece. So some of that has helped, and I'm just thinking, what else have been trying in recent times? Not not as much of that. I mean, I've gone the more uh, biotin gummies and mm. your uh, all that stuff, uh, and apple cider vinegar and stuff like that. But I haven't actually gone as far into trying stuff for the mind. all the lime warm lime water in the morning seems to be a very interesting thing which i'm really enjoying that'll be gut gut cleansing gut so cleansing but mind. also i feel for the mind it's yeah, like that that sharp like lemony taste in the morning <laughs> wakes you up i'm like i'm so awake like you cannot not wake up with a full lemon with warm water when's your first coffee I wake up around 6am school days oh you go to school i have to drop <laughs> i have to drop the 5 year old to school so 6am i wake her up by 6:30 so i have half an hour in the morning which is generally spent um cleaning Uh, pee and poop for the for the dogs mm. and the lime water and uh, my first coffee is around i'd say 8 okay fair so eight. you have like 2 hours ka yeah, gap yeah, yeah. from so 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 8ish and i generally only have an espresso i'm drinking black so i'll have like a, a single shot uh, of espresso and then my second coffee is around 4 nice perfect mm. but i do all this kada and all that stuff in the day which i really like mm-hmm. especially the during the lockdown it, it all of this started right all lockdown though i went like deep into the coffee space and i think the only thing i've had to really struggle with is not have coffee after 4 because yeah. i enjoy brewing coffee mm. i also think some of these habits really help you in your mind right like i had this old mocha pot mm. at home which i bought years ago and pandemic i'm like I could, i could order coffee but i didn't want to just use the machine mm. So I think this is a ritual, right? I think building rituals we do, we don't realize have such great importance for the mind. Yeah. Um. Like I have a ritual with my daughter, but we say hello to the world every morning together. Oh, sweet! I have a ritual with. I call it. I start my day being shown my place because I clean pee and poop as soon as I wake up every morning. Mm. So like world is shown my place. This is the ground zero where you start. This is like Caesar having yeah. a person whisper, "You're going to die. You're going to die." <laughs> yeah, <it's like> all, <laughs> I think there's memento mori, and this is like literally. I don't know what this is. Like, <laughs> what is the P equivalent of that? So I start my day with that. Um, but just the process of me taking that mocha pot and brewing it every day, trying different blends, it became a thing for me. Um, 2020 especially 
Uh, now there's progresso like an espresso machine and again figuring that whole temperature piece and all that. But there's a, there's a beauty to some of these rituals. Yeah. And the more of those you build into your day, not just with yourself, but with people close to you, it's just a lot of fun. Hmm. So in fact, you know, in our habit world, so mm. the way that I've structured it is that habits are the actions or the thoughts that you do every day. Yeah. Habits strung together become routines. Correct. Okay. Routines plus emotions become rituals. So true, actually. Right. So it's that emotion about that little feeling, that clunk of the of the espresso when yeah. you turn it in. The so satisfying. So satisfying, and you start immediately having feelings associated with it. Right. If you don't get that espresso in the morning, today's going to be a bad day. Right. All those are part of our rituals, and they're essential for our mental well-being. Yeah. It's also if you think about it. So I've. I personally talks about poop way too much for my own good. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been tracking. told. Um, no, I just enjoy talk. I, I, it's like poop humor, everything around. <laughs> I'm obsessed with my own like poop cycles. So I always say that if I don't have a good, uh, I call it a good download. If I don't have a good download in the morning, my day goes bad. Mm. And it's true because I feel emotionally you want that cleanse. And it's like, I, I don't know if you can call it a ritual, but it is. it has to be a ritual because you can't just like, we ignore that part a lot, yeah, feel, yeah. at least many people. No, in India, though, it's, it's still very set. You know, when you go to the West, it's like, today happened, God knows, day after tomorrow, we'll see. But out here, that Don't even get morning. me started about toilet paper versus the health faucet. I have like, so many issues. I've actually found a portable bidet, which I carry with me when I go abroad. <laughs> this weird plastic contraption, which has a pipe coming out, you can kind of spray, it sprays water in. And I, now I found an electronic one, which I haven't bought. <laughs> yeah, so my obsessive nature is... is uh, yeah, Gone Next far year you get one of those Japanese toilet seats for travel. Which talks to you also. Which talks to you. How are you? Are you, are you done? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so this was a fantastic conversation on understanding mental fitness and eventually getting to happiness. Now, there is a second part to this podcast, so make sure you listen to that. Enjoy. Now, if you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. You can listen to us on the IBM Podcast app or ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media. We are at IBM Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am at Ashton Doc on Twitter and Instagram. We have a brand new habit coaching online course, quizzes, videos, and a lot more on the website awesome180.com. So check it out now. <laughs>